Hi everyone, this is Austin Bridges welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 48. LL Research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community, and towards this end, we have two websites the archive website, llresearch.org, and the community website, bringforth.org. During each episode, those of us here at LL Research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers. Our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for The Raw Contact, and president of LL Research, along with Gary Bean and myself, who are working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well, each of us a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion as we consider questions from spiritual seekers that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. Our replies to these questions are not final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations stemming from our own studies and life experiences. We always ask each who listens to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance in determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for this show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You may either send an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to www.llresearch.org podcast for further instructions. Again, I am Austin, and we're embarking on a new episode of LL Research's podcast in the now. Uh, Gary and Jim, you ready to record this podcast? Indeed. I believe so. All righty. Our show today uh, is provided by Lily, who sent <laughs> some great questions uh, regarding the topic of healing. And so we'll probably spend the entire show today uh, going over her questions. So, Lily writes, Why is healing such a central theme in Ra's teaching? As we go through the human experience, everyone sooner or later will encounter some kind of health issues. According to Ra, sickness is not an accident, and healing means much more than simple relief from psychic pain or recovery from a bodily function. Uh, The journey to seek slash provide healing affords ample opportunities to grow spiritually and to serve. And then she has a list of things for us to go over, but let's address that first question uh, first, which is, why is healing such a central theme in Ra's teachings? And uh, I think that Gary won the coin toss today, so uh, start us off, Gary. I think that to um, begin to tackle that question, you have to understand what Ra's teaching is. So what is is, is Ra teaching? Ra is teaching the law of one. And what does the law of one say? Well, it says that um, the ultimate truth is that all is one. Moreover, it says that in that oneness, all is whole, complete, and perfect. Yet our perceptions and experiences in third density skew, obscure, and distort this. Through our misapprehension of the law of one, we create energy blockages and imbalances. Those blockages manifest in various ways in mind, body, and sometimes spirit. Oftentimes, these imbalances and tangles are long-lasting. They continue to confound us as we experience their symptoms without understanding their causes. This is one way to describe suffering. How then do we move from this illusory state of blockages and imbalances to the oneness, wholeness, completion, and perfection that already exist? Healing is one word for this, as is the word transformation. Healing can apply to a specific distortion. For example, one can heal a cold or a broken heart or an unprocessed trauma. But healing in general may be seen as another term describing the journey of the individual soul moving from illusion to truth, from separation to unity, from fear to love. We are... When healing, we are, I think, ultimately, like the largest context within which one could use the word healing is to say that when we are healing, we are healing the original distortion of separation itself, separation from the one creator. That's it from me. Uh, Thank you, Gary. How about you, Jim? Yeah, good. Good job, Gray. Well, in this particular illusion, we have what's called the veil of forgetting that separates our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. Uh, 
In our subconscious mind are the choices we've made prior to the incarnation as to the lessons we want to learn. The lessons are uh, infinite in their nuances, in their direction. Uh, we, apparently, there are thousands of incarnations we spend making one choice or another to, to learn more, maybe a strength under difficult circumstances, maybe how to love the unlovable, maybe how to um, be resourceful when there seems to be uh, nothing to call upon in your life and you've got nothing but uh, difficulty. Anyway, there's lots of things that we can learn and want to learn, and those are in our subconscious mind. And when we are in the illusion with the veil of forgetting, we can't see these things clearly, but we have kind of a, a bias, shall we say, that goes from our subconscious mind to our conscious mind that helps us to see catalysts, hopefully, in a certain way so that we can learn the lesson that we program that catalyst for. Now, two different people or three or four more people can look at the very same catalyst and see different things there because we don't all have the same program. We are all unique. So we're hoping to see a certain aspect of the lessons that we wish to learn appear in our catalyst so that we can learn those lessons over a period of time, a period of an incarnation. A lot of times, however, especially on this planet where we have a great number of people who've been through the third density a number of times and are trying to, still to uh, earn a graduation to the fourth density, we have difficulty in perceiving correctly what we are hoping to learn. In fact, many times our catalyst is just not used at all. And we go blithely through our lives, um, skipping along on the surface and looking for uh, you know, money, power, position, family, and so forth, and never seeing anything beyond that. So oftentimes what will occur is that when the uh, catalyst isn't perceived by the mind and used well, then it's given to the body. And the body then has this uh, distortion or what we call a disease that has the purpose of catching our attention where the first time catalyst appeared to us, we didn't catch it. Maybe we're looking at our body malfunctioning, we will finally twig to the fact that there is something going on that we uh, need to pay more attention to. So I think that's why Ra talks so much about healing, because here in the third density, we have a, a lot of distortion, a lot of disease, and um, not, not so much um, appreciation of what it is we're trying to do, and even in our medical profession, as we'll get on later, um, we, we misperceive really how to deal with uh, these distortions and diseases. So Austin, what do you think about that? I think that was an excellent summary of what healing is according to Ra, and um, why Ra might focus on it so much. Uh, I had a question, or an answer prepared, but as usual, um, it was a lot in alignment with uh, both of yours and mostly Gary's. I think that I would kind of be repeating almost word for word what Gary said. Didn't add a whole lot of nuance. Uh, but also what you said, Jim, I think is a good point that um, it's a common, there's a large need for healing here in third density. Uh, and so that uh, microcosm of healing, the individual body that might have an ailment or a wound, um, can make a lot of use out of the concept of healing. But I also think, like Gary was saying, that healing can be broadened into a greater context of just our entire spiritual journey and becoming more whole and complete again. And um, healing being making whole, uh, that that is illusory, uh, is an illusion of separation from the Creator. I was going to try to say illusorily or something like that. Uh, <laughs> a new word. Yeah, I don't know if that's a real <laughs> Go word. Go get it. It's kind of adverb. <laughs> but, um, but I think that uh, both of your answers were great and kind of sum up uh, Lily's question here, so I don't have a whole lot more to add. So I guess um, we'll just keep on going to uh, Lily's list of specific topics for us to discuss. So the first thing she brings up is physical manifestation versus metaphysical causes of ill health. How we view it, mechanically as taught by science versus consciously as taught by Ra and other spiritual teachings. Uh, Jim, how about you start us off with this one? Uh, so we want to do both the uh, mechanical and the uh, metaphysical, or just one or the other? Um. I think she's asking for a versus sort of comparison. Oh, okay. Well, uh, mechanically, our uh, traditional, I don't know, I, I shouldn't say traditional, our modern medical uh, professions look at um, diseases, uh, 
in the form of germs, uh, bacteria. There's a bug in the air and it's going around. Or um, they may not really know what causes, like um, Steve had this minor heart attack, which who knows what exactly caused it? What causes the narrowing of the arteries? Is it our diet? Is it just um, genetics? Is it, you know, what exactly is it? We're looking for a thing to explain it and not looking for um, a metaphysical thing to explain it. When metaphysically, we look at these um, situations of a, a disease or a distortion or a, a discomfort of some way, and we look, as I said before, as um, something that we have contributed to mentally or emotionally in our lives. We haven't perceived um, our catalyst well. We haven't perceived uh, what it is we need to be doing. We are, perhaps we're not in harmony with ourselves. We're, we're feeling uh, depressed or uh, slightly irritated or, or angry or frustrated. And uh, over a long period of time, maybe we're not getting our sleep and things just keep snowballing. And so we tend to look at what, what is happening in our lives, what's happening to us mentally and emotionally, and how can we bring balance back to our lives. A lot of times, diet is a very important part of this. Because diet, as Ross said, uh, can be a way of using a symbolic uh, representation of what's going on either mentally or emotionally or spiritually. So uh, from the metaphysical point of view, we tend to take responsibility for our health or lack of health ourselves. And we don't blame a disease somewhere, a bug, a little second instance creature somewhere that may be existing in our body to do this when we're not thinking correctly. You know, we all carry around millions of little remember Fox's presentation we have uh, hundreds of thousands of little bugs in us that they're uh, they're not doing anything usually but uh, if we're not thinking correctly you know they can be utilized too to uh, point out the fact that we've got something going on so uh, metaphysically we take responsibility for our health ourselves awesome um, you just referenced Fox's presentation from Homecoming. Uh, that will be on our website if you'd like to look at it pretty soon under Homecoming 2016 in the archives. It's about um, our relationship with the microbial second density creatures, which I think is relevant. Uh, Gary, what do you have to say about the physical manifestation versus metaphysical causes of ill health? So, an, another great question, Lily. All these questions are excellent. Um, my very limited understanding is that science sees the body as a machine. Um, this is kind of what Jim was saying. And this machine malfunctions or ma manifests disease due to other mechanical sources, uh, chemical imbalance, environmental input, genetic predisposition, effects of habitual activities, and so forth. M mainstream medicine does, I believe recognize some linkage between mind and body for instance the way that stress uh, mentally created stress manifest in the body for example increased blood pressure weakened immune system etc but by and large uh, mainstream medicine doesn't see the body as a teaching tool as a mirror for catalyst unprocessed by the mind from the metaphysical perspective, specifically Ra's perspective, they say in 81.14, the body is the creature of the mind and is the instrument of manifestation for the fruits of mind and spirit. Therefore, you may see the body as providing the athenor through which the al alchemist manifests gold. Um, <clears throat> that is a, a, a larger explanation of the workings of the body that goes beyond just strictly... Um, healing but um the body in other words is manifesting our lessons making visible to us that which we need to learn um and one means of doing this is to manifest as mentioned catalyst which has not been successfully processed and integrated by the mind for instance lack of forgiveness manifests as cancer um another way that the body does this is to manifest pre-incarnationally chosen distortions for instance a congenital disability for a soul who wants to experience such a limitation for growth <clears throat> Um, in either case, metaphysics would suggest that one seek deeper understanding of the self, uh, whether to heal the arising distortion or to affirm the instructive and helpful nature of the distortion. Whereas allopathic medicine would not generally suggest deeper understanding of the self, but rather various mechanical ways to attempt to alleviate symptoms or fix the mechanically perceived cause. For instance, by taking pharmaceuticals or having surgery or making changes to diet and activity, etc. 
In short, I might say that orthodox medicine sees proximate causes, whereas metaphysics sees underlying causes. And this is only a very general statement, of course, because orthodox medicine can, in some cases, get to root causes. And it's important to remember, as Ra indicated in 64.15, um, which is a wonderful Q&A to read when considering this question, that an allopathic healer, a.k.a. your doctor, is in fact a healer. And even through their mechanical, um, quote-unquote, means, uh, one can undergo uh, changes or can, um, through that process, through, even through the symbolism of it, um, learn the lesson that they intended to learn, which, as Jim said, by um, making changes in diet, one could affect inner changes in consciousness and so forth. But back to you, Austin. Uh, thank you again to excellent answers. Um, whenever I contemplate this question, which is whenever I get sick, basically, um, <laughs> I always think about... Uh, the Q&A from the raw material, it's a 34.7 where Don asks, uh, do what we call contagious diseases play any part in this process with respect to the unmanifested self? And Ra's response is, uh, I am Ra. These so-called contagious diseases are those entities of second density which offer an opportunity for this type of catalyst. If this catalyst is unneeded, then these second density creatures, as you would call them, do not have an effect. In each of these generalizations, you may please note that there are anomalies so that we cannot speak to every circumstance, but only to the general run or way of things as you experience them. So, certainly there are more types of illness than uh, besides those brought upon by contagious disease, but I think that this is an interesting dynamic in considering how physical manifestations uh, might be affected by metaphysical causes. Ra talks about the contagious disease offering an opportunity for the catalyst to the individual. So, hypothetically, I suppose, you could take two people that have identical immune systems and expose them to the exact same amount of the exact same contagious disease. And if one of them is in uh, alignment with that type of catalyst, if they could use that type of catalyst offered by the disease, then they might contract that disease. And if the other person would have uh, no need or use for this type of catalyst, then they would not contract this disease. Uh, One thought I sometimes have is that maybe these two people simply wouldn't have the same type of immune systems. Maybe our mentality or what we... uh, um, our distortions, the catalyst that we might need, uh, might affect our immune systems in some way, and that uh, our actual physical uh, antibodies or uh, the other mysterious ways the immune system might work are um, sort of creating the physical opening for types of disease that might be useful to us. So uh, perhaps the hypothetical situation is impossible and that these two people would not even have the same immune systems. Um, But uh, I don't really have as much insight as Gary or Jim had to say. I just sort of have that uh, hypothetical scenario and how possibly our metaphysical um, environment, which is created by our mental and emotional health and environment, might have some physical uh, effects on what we physically contract. Uh, I don't – science and medicine – are definitely correct in seeing a physical connection and how we get sick. Um, There are obvious correlations that are very well proven. Uh, So somehow these metaphysical dynamics have to affect the physical correlations as well and not just sort of magically get us sick. Uh, But it's a mysterious thing to me, and I think Gary and Jim did a great job of addressing that. So uh, any further thoughts before we move on to Lily's next point? Not for me. Just quickly, what you were saying brought up to mind um, the fact that something can transpire in the body which does not necessarily have deeper metaphysical or life lesson sort of causes. It can be purely physical or environmental or mechanical. And I think there was an instance where Ra was talking about maybe one of the group experiencing something of this nature. But... um, 
say, for instance, I don't know, you come into contact with something that's radioactive and then you, um, your skin burns because of it or you get – or cancer develops or something and it was just strictly um, – uh, who knows what's happening behind the scenes, the 99.9% of reality that we can't see and whatever drew you to that moment that you would cross paths with radioactivity. But presuming that there's no deeper meaning, it could just be the effect of what happens when a physical body comes into a physical substance like uh, something that's radioactive. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. That actually makes me think of something that I had forgot to even bring up. And let's take the uh, example of cancer, like you just said. In the raw material, Ra talks about cancer having a correlation to anger and how if anger goes unutilized as catalyst, it will then manifest as this extra cell growth in the body. Um, and I think some people sometimes interpret that to mean that all cancer is a result of unprocessed anger. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, and I did think that at first, too, when I read that. But upon closer inspection, uh, Ra doesn't ever hint that it is the only cause of cancer. Uh, they don't necessarily word it to make you think that it is a cause of cancer, but they never make it an exclusive thing. Uh, cancer uh, can be the result of unprocessed anger, but perhaps there can be other causes of cancer that uh, some of them might be more uh, physical, um, like impurities in the air if somebody lives in a very polluted area that has a lot of carcinogens in the air uh, i don't think their spiritual life um it might have some effect on whether they contract cancer or not but carcinogens are shown to have a strong effect on how we contract cancer so um and i think there are examples like i know uh gary one of your favorite spiritual teachers ramana maharshi he actually um contracted cancer i believe didn't he yeah, I think that's what killed him in the end. Yeah, Mark. and if you read his words, uh, I don't. Th it's impossible to imagine there being any sort of sense of anger within this man. <laughs> no. uh, he was completely released of the suffering and restrictions of the ego from our density. So, um, however he got cancer, um, who knows what was at play there, but I highly doubt it was anger. Um, so... Just a example of how things might be more complex and mysterious than we think. And um, Ra, as they even said in the Q&A that I referenced, this is a generalization and there are always anomalies. And those anomalies might be um, larger in number than we might think. So, uh, going on to Lily's second point of inquiry. Uh, number two, seeking healing. Uh, and two points under that, that we can seek healing without spiritual awareness uh, or everyday phenomena in the mainstream or uh, B, with spiritual awareness, the ideal path. Um, so thoughts on seeking healing, Gary? Well, I think um, <clears throat> the with, without spiritual awareness question or how one goes about seeking healing might be seen through the same lens that um, Ra identified in 64.16 um, when they describe th three different ways that an entity will process catalyst or respond to a situation or make a choice so forth. They say if the entity is polarized towards service to others <clears> – <throat> which uh, Lily might say w is with spiritual awareness, analysis properly proceeds along the lines of consideration of which path offers the most opportunity for service to others. For the negatively polarized entity, the antithesis is the case. And the third category, for the unpolarized entity, um, what you might, Lily might say, without spiritual awareness, the considerations are random and most likely in the direction of the distortion towards comfort. <clears throat> So in terms of healing specifically, he or she who seeks healing with, with spiritual awareness will likely attempt not only to fix or cure the issue or alleviate the symptoms, but will also try to understand the cause and try to learn and grow from the experience. Whereas the entity seeking healing without spiritual awareness will probably fall into that third category that Ra describes um, when they say... Uh, the direction of this distortion towards comfort. In other words, I'll just be seeking to get rid of it in order to be comfortable, which is okay, of course, in and of itself. We all want to be comfortable, but um, you know they won't move deeper than that. You see, only this physical issue, it needs resolved in order to be uh, uh, comfortable. That's it for me. 
Thank you, Gary. Uh, any comments on Seeking Healing, Jim? Well, I haven't got a whole lot to add to what Gary said. He did a really good job of covering the field here. Uh, again, you know, the the main thing most people are concerned with when they have a disease, they go to the doctor, they, they as Gary said, they're looking for comfort. They want a quick cure, too. You know, just get it done as quickly yeah. as possible. And uh, hopefully the insurance will cover it. And, uh, you know, it's just be done with it. Because that we don't usually think about what there might be as a deeper cause to our illnesses. So I think along the spiritual path, we are really trying to look down deeper and to see everything that goes on in our lives, uh, our health and our ill health. Just what is the cause of everything? Well, what's the meaning of this life? What, what does it uh, mean to me? How am I learning from it? Where am I going? How am I growing? So health just fits into that. And our illness is a way of pointing out that we're not well. So we try to look to see uh, what the ill health configuration might mean symbolically in a way of uh, pre-incarnated lessons. Usually the lessons that we've chosen, there's usually just a handful, and they keep repeating so that we'll finally catch on. You know, We miss one bus, there's going to be another bus come by <laughs> and, and bring us the same message because even if we're fairly tuned in to what's going on, we don't always catch the, the problem the first time around. So we just need to keep looking at what's going on and try to figure out what it means and then make a conscious effort on our own part. It might include going to an allopathic doctor to, uh, to look for the healing, to see what he's got to offer. Then we probably would also look for alternative paths as well. Uh, we, we try to find out whatever is available to us in, in the way of healing and then consult that intuition or the inner voice and, and see what feels right. You know, we, we would include meditation. We would try to meditate on what's going on. We'd think a lot about our lives and uh, try to find a, a handle here or there that makes sense because there, we do have those handles around. If we really tuned in to what's happening in our lives, we have a way of perceiving um, when something's out of kilter and just get a little bit of an idea of why. So uh, I, I'd say... A, the difference between the, the without and the with spiritual awareness is that one is conscious and one is not so conscious. Hmm. Austin, what do you have to say? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that if somebody is seeking healing in an unconscious sense, um, perhaps they will find a doctor that is able to heal them in some sort of mechanical sense and then their ailment goes away. But then you pointed out that uh, she said the bus keeps coming. Maybe they'll have another illness, similar or even different, but symbolizing the same sort of uh, um, ill health that um, will uh, manifest again in some other way. And so if somebody is seeking healing in a conscious sense, they might be looking um, for a more deeper root. And I think this can even be uh, shown an example in strictly sort of material allopathic healing. Uh, let's say somebody has continuous symptoms that keep popping up and they keep going to the doctor and asking the doctor to treat their symptoms. Uh, and then someday they realize there must be something deeper behind this. So um, let me go to the doctor and ask him about what the root causes of this might be or examine my life and find out what the root causes might be. And maybe they'll find some sort of lifestyle changes that they can enact or uh, they can change their diet, and all these things are a result of how they live their life rather than just random diseases popping up. And even that, in a sense, is a spiritual awareness of seeking because then you were looking to uh, pay more respect to your body and um, mm. the vessel that you have that uh, is carrying your consciousness through this life. So um, there are different ways to look at it, but I think you guys both did a pretty good job of uh, showing how those two types of seeking of healing might differ so are we good to move on to the next point okay i wanted to add real quickly that uh, people okay. have done uh, work correlating uh, the way that certain mental patterns or thoughts um, match physical distortions louise hay is one that comes to mind she wrote a whole book where she has um <clears throat> she matches um if you're uh uh, anger or if you're angry or if you um, have self-doubt or whatever then it or if you have this particular condition then this is the corresponding root cause and uh, i can't uh, vouch for how accurate that all is just to point out that people have and are doing this type of work that make these connections if you if anyone needs that sort of help <clears throat> i remember that book my mom had it when i was younger it's like a blue blue book and it's just like an index of physical ailments and then 
their supposed metaphysical connections. Yeah. Alrighty, so the next um, uh, topic is providing healing, uh, which is split into two portions. Um, A, how mainstream health professionals provide healing, and the B, how spiritual healers and practitioners provide healing. So let's jump to Jim to kick this one off. Okay, well, uh, Carla went through a lot of uh, doctors, and so I'm fairly well familiar with what the uh, allopathic medicine has to offer. And usually it is medicine of some sort or another. Um, there's a prescription for everything. And uh, as Ross says, though, that's usually not the most efficient way because it tends to treat the symptoms. Uh, sometimes a surgery is necessary, uh, depending upon the type of disease or ailment. You know, if you've got some sort of uh, malfunction in your heart, like our friend Steve is going to have surgery to have a stent put in, um, that's one way of approaching the situation. And I, I would guess that sometimes if we let our... Um, Diseases or distortions go long enough, uh, it might be necessary to include um, prescriptions or uh, surgeries to go along with the more spiritual type of healing. Occasionally, uh, medical doctors will also suggest diet changes, although that's sort of rare, and uh, physical therapy to begin to um, exercise certain parts of the body that have had problems in the past, usually as a result of a surgery or trying to get your strength back but spiritual healers have all kinds of ways of providing uh, relief from disease and distortions um, I guess uh, some of the first spiritual healers that any of us may have come in contact with are some of the more um, fundamental religions that would have the laying on of the hands where the um, one usually a minister or a preacher of some sort uh, would lay his hands on you and whatever disease or distortion you might have would then perhaps be healed. Rob mentioned once that uh, if the, uh, the healers of that nature, of the, the fundamental Christian type, actually were aware of um, more of the principles that governed our mental wellness, or, that they might be more effective because actually what they're trying to do is abridge free will, the mental situation, um, by offering a certain healing in a certain way. But that works if you have um, practitioners or believers that are willing to accept that um, abridgment of free will. So uh, I guess laying on of hands, which has kind of evolved at different sorts of ways of um, providing the healing, um, Reiki, I think, is one which uses the hands, except you don't touch the person. The energy flows out from the hands and works on the various energy centers to re regain balance for the one needing the healing. Uh, crystals are used a lot by uh, healers to, I believe this is really where they, uh, they get into what Roth talked about as the, the interruption of the red slash violet ray, which is the protective shell around the, the body and it's around the aura as well. It tends to hold whatever condition we've got, whether it's uh, you know a healthy condition or uh, diseased in some degree, it, it tends to hold it in position until a healer will come along and have the ability to, as Ross said, contact intelligent infinity to the extent that they're able to interrupt the uh, red-violet shell. And that's what the pyramid did also, was to interrupt that shell so healing could take place and that the entity then would be able to contact its higher self to see if the lessons that it had set out to learn had been learned and if a new configuration, a novel configuration could be accepted by the mind. And then the uh, red-violet ray would be brought back into its protective nature and the, the new, healthier uh, situation would then take precedence. So, um, Gary, how, how do you think about that? What do you think about that? Um, I think you covered the bases really well. I don't have much to add to yours, and I sp spoke a bit about this in um, the first question. I think I have uh, one single more thought to offer, and that's that um, I think that one key difference that I didn't previously note is that the spiritual healer and practitioner will likely have a greater awareness of the fact that it is, in all cases, all cases the patient who heals him or herself, the healer acting only as a facilitator. But now, nothing more to add, Austin? Um, I've got a little bit to say. Uh, it's sort of a tough idea to address um, because the idea of spiritual healing is so foreign to medical and 
scientific modalities of healing. And I know that this statement might be kind of controversial among New Age circles, but I do think that the medical and scientific community are quite successful in what they do as far as healing goes. If we look at like the evolution of surgery over the years, the precision and effectiveness of surgeons and the success rate of surgery has increased dramatically. And uh, while there's definitely some sort of corrupt influence over the pharmaceutical industry and how doctors prescribe medication, there are still some medications that are quite effective at treating uh, symptoms, but also in actually healing ailments through chemical or physical means. So uh, the effectiveness of those types of treatments, they have to go beyond the mind's willingness to and ability to heal itself. Uh, otherwise, no medication would perform above the placebo level which is the benchmark for medication to even be considered valid. It has to show that it can heal more than the person's mind alone can heal itself. It seems that they know that the mind alone can heal because there is the placebo effect and they measure it successfully. They don't really acknowledge that that is a weird thing to happen if the chemical and physical means are the only way of healing. But uh, they at least acknowledge it in the sense that their medicines have to go above and beyond the mind's ability itself. And um, that is sort of where I get caught up. And uh, there has to be a, an actual effectiveness of mainstream health professionals um, because they've set up their system to support that effectiveness and to ensure that effectiveness. And um, despite the fact that there is some corruption that has seeped into that and it's uh, uh, rife with monetary influence, um, it is still effective. So uh, how is this effective when we sort of know that the root of the healing comes from within and that um, healers... Uh, are providing an opportunity for healing more than an actual uh, healing itself. Um, I would suspect that possibly the chemical and physical means that he, uh, mainstream healers provide do certainly have physical effectiveness, as I talked about, uh, and they might heal in a physical sense, but then, like I mentioned earlier, it might um, re-manifest in other ways if the actual spiritual uh, emotional root cause is not addressed by either the healer or the patient. And like Gary mentioned earlier, the practitioners of allopathic healing or mainstream healing are in fact healers themselves and many of them got into the profession because they wanted to help people and because they wanted to heal people. And if a patient goes to such a healer with an openness to be healed, then I think there's sort of a doubling effect with the physical means and the intense material knowledge that doctor has, uh, if it's coupled with the spiritual openness of the person and the healer themselves, then maybe that method of healing is far more effective than just one or the other. If they're coupled together, uh, then perhaps that is the ideal form of healing. Hmm. So, um, we're coming up to our time. We have maybe a couple minutes left. Do we? Yeah. Uh, so do we want to address this last question really quickly? Sure. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. So Lily's last question is, is our medical system, or we as a collective whole in this area, evolving spiritually in the 21st century, uh, such as developed countries versus uh, developing countries, East versus West, and the global village? Gary, what do you think? I don't think I can speak to this question very well. I haven't studied this, and I don't have an overview. And moreover, the cross-section of people uh, with whom I interact is a fairly biased sampling of humanity. Um, through LL research, I'm often interacting with very spiritually awakened individuals. Um, and I'm not out there on the streets in this country figurative streets and um, even less aware of developments in other countries. That said, it seems that there 
is a growing awareness that there are other valid modalities of healing. As the years go by, I'm always running into alternative means of um, healing. I think of uh, past life regression and Reiki and distance healing and mediumship healing as happens through John of God and um, that one science where they read the iris. Uh, my wife uh, and I went to one and I forget what it's called. Um, Iridology. Iridology, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, and in uh, in closing and and considering this question, I'm reminded of sixty four point fifteen when um, Ra says, "In turn, this mechanical concept of the body complex has created the continuing proliferation of distortions toward what you call ill health." due to the strong chemicals used to control and hide bodily functions. And here's, here's the salient point. <clears throat> there is a realization among many of your peoples that there are more efficacious systems of healing, not excluding the allopathic, but also including the many other avenues of healing. So Ra can tap into our brains, see what we're thinking and feeling, um, apparently, and do a, a global survey um, a lot more easily than any of us can. And they say there is a realization among many of your peoples. So um, I presume that is a global phenomenon and um, will only increase not only as people desire it, but as people um, work with existing alternative means and people creatively find new means of healing I think where there is a will there generally speaking or ultimately speaking is a way uh, Jim what do you think well I approach it from the angle of what is what do I know that's happening in the medical community that might be different and showing that the uh, medical mind is expanding some in some areas I think in some places um Therapeutic touch or uh, healing hands is practiced by nurses, uh, both male and female, in a hospital situation where it's recognized that some people do have an ability to uh, to touch a patient in a gentle way and maybe a slight massage and to bring about a relief of stress or of uh, concern and sometimes to uh, reduce even blood pressure or um, just the general well-being of the patient. So that's definitely something different. Um, I know when Morris, our friend, uh, went through his chemotherapy and um, uh, radiation, radiation therapy for his cancer, that his taste buds were uh, pretty much destroyed. And he was advised by uh, one of the medical practitioners that they had found that acupuncture was helpful in restoring some of the uh, salivary glands that had been destroyed by radiation. So Morris went and uh, got some treatments. <laughs> he sent me a picture of himself with uh, a pincushion sticking out of his, uh, you know, his uh, neck and his jaw area. And he uh, unfortunately didn't get a lot of relief from it. But the important thing here, as far as we're discussing it, is that uh, it was recommended in the medical community that he'd give that a try because they don't have anything that'll do it for sure. So uh, they gave that a try. Um, and then, of course, I think uh, diet is a very important thing for all of us. Well, it, this is a symbol of how we look at ourselves as to how we feed ourselves. So it, it symbolizes the respect we feel for ourselves. And I think that uh, diets are more important now in the medical community as well. And I think that uh, there's, for a long time, there's been a recognition of psychosomatic diseases, that uh, the mind has a role in causing certain sorts of diseases and they've been in, in to such an extent that it's actually got this new it's not new this designation of the field of psychosomatic so I'm not sure exactly how they go about treating the psychosomatic diseases other than using some hypnosis I think a lot of uh, traditional uh, hypnotherapists and psychiatrists began in this area of trying to heal uh, problems that were mentally caused by going back to the time where they were first initiated within the person's experience and see if they can bring that to light and bringing it to light maybe resolve the situation that helped cause it so I think uh, hypnosis has helped a great deal in this area too Austin have you got anything to add there um, just that I think that uh, I'm realizing that I'm more cynical than both of you those are very helpful <laughs> answers um, and I, I definitely don't uh, disagree with any of that. My initial thought to Lily's question, though, was that I really wish I could give a resounding yes, our medical system is evolving spiritually in the 21st century, but um, 
And while I do think there are changes, my own perception, which is very limited, probably more limited than what Gary described of himself, I haven't been to a hospital or a doctor in <laughs> maybe decades. It's been too long. Um, but what I see uh, and what I read and um, know about the medical community and the scientific community that uh, is a very big part of the medical community is that there is still an extremely strong rejection of the idea of spiritual healing and spiritual energies and just spirituality in general. It's a very uh, material paradigm and the professionals and scientists, the, the major medical journals that are funded by universities and um, the giants in the field are just uh, strong guardians of this paradigm of material thinking. Um, such as, like, if we talk about acupuncture, uh, like Jim was talking about, they do definitely acknowledge that there is an effect of acupuncture, that um, it is helpful. But uh, the original uh, theory behind acupuncture is that there's energy that moves through the body and we're tapping into sort of energy streams in the body. And when you go that far, the medical community will shut you down immediately and say, absolutely not. That is not what acupuncture is doing. It's just something more material. It's, uh, you know, stimulating nerves and stuff like that. Um, so if you take examples of that, they might acknowledge that there are some uh, alternative uh, benefits to alternative forms of healing, but uh, there is this strong denial of there being uh, any idea of spiritual healing. And um, there is a growing awareness of how our mentality and our uh, um, attitudes might affect our immune systems and things like that, but they definitely don't go so far as to acknowledge spiritual healing or um, more integral forms of thinking. But there is some uh, progress sort of outside of the mainstream. Uh, which is a very hopeful thing, especially through the Integral Institute and Integral Medicine. It's not necessarily acknowledged in mainstream medical uh, fields, but it is a growing field in itself and will hopefully begin to have more and more influence over our uh, society as a whole and how we look at healing. So uh, those were extremely excellent questions. Do either of you have anything more to add for Lily? I think I'm done. Um, briefly, I don't know how representative it is, but my own family doctor, um, in describing an alternative method that I was trying, uh, for, I had uh, I have been experiencing acid reflux in the throat, and um, I tried apple cider vinegar, raw apple cider vinegar, and um, and had some great short-term success with it. And I saw him during that period, and I reported that to him, and he, he said, "Well, you know." Um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It didn't quite make sense to him because um, apple cider vinegar is very acidic and it was mm -hmm. acid that's causing my throat problem. But um, he said that when he encounters these sorts of situations with patients, he says if they find something that's working for them, even if I can't explain that, I don't necessarily discourage them. Um, you know, he, in other words, he was humbly admitting that he didn't have all the answers and there might be other solutions to other problems. I don't know um, how prevalent that is in the medical community. And also, I'm pretty sure that um, in looking at things like um, the Mayo Clinic has become a, a prominent resource for those seeking more information about conditions and treatments and diagnoses and uh, <laughs> whatnot. And... Um, under each of the, I believe each condition that the Mayo Clinic lists online, the, their final section will include a section on alternative medicine, hmm. um, which I, I, they don't get into Reiki, of course, or anything of a strictly energetic nature, but they are expanding beyond the borders um, a little bit more. So maybe that's indicative of what's happening in the medical community. I cannot say. I hope you're right. Uh, my mom would be very happy to hear that apple cider vinegar story because she uses apple cider vinegar for everything. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty much a panacea. <laughs> yeah. Whether she needs to clean something or heal some sort of ailment or pretty much anything, it is apple cider vinegar. It's the only thing she needs in her life. <laughs> Tell her it's already extended my life by 10 years, so it's, it's working. Uh, Jim, any final uh, thoughts for our listeners? 
Well, thank everybody for listening. Thank uh, people for sending in the questions, especially Lily today. Great job. Um, love everybody. I think if you keep a happy heart, you probably got a healthy heart. So uh, start with loving yourself and love everybody around you, and maybe we'll make each other well that way. You've been listening to LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thank you to those who submitted questions. If you'd like to send us a question for us before the next show, please read the instructions on our page at www.llresearch.org podcast. New episodes are published at the archive website every other Wednesday afternoon. Have a wonderful week, and we will talk with you then. <laughs>